Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Grace Community Church. Uh, my name is Chuck. I'm uh, Pastor of Family Ministries. I have the opportunity to share today. Psalm 103 is where we're going to look at today. And as you're turning to Psalm 103, let me ask you a question. As you got up this morning, you woke up, you dragged your sleepy self out of your bed, uh, you washed up, got dressed, ate breakfast, then got in the car, drove here, got into the worship center. After all of that this morning, can you think of something that maybe you would have forgot? I know it's a funny question, right? Because if you forgot it, why do I remember, right? But think about it. Is there one thing that maybe you forgot to do or to bring with you? Did you forget to brush your teeth? Did you feed the dog, take out the trash, start the dishwasher, bring your Bible? Have you forgot maybe the name of the person next to you? We're forgetful, aren't we? We are forgetful, um, just as who we are. We can't remember if we turned off the iron or closed the garage door or why we walked into a room. As husbands and wives, we fail to remember many things that are very important for a relationship like birthdays, anniversaries. As mom and dads, we forget to pick up our children for soccer practice. Students forget the assignments, the reports that are due at a certain time. And of course, we always conveniently forget about doctor's appointments and dentist appointments because we hate them so much. And if you think about it, a lot of what we are doing every day is so that we could keep us from forgetting something from making lists and marking up your calendars to leaving post-it notes and setting alerts and, and clocks and times on our cell phones. My favorite is to tell my wife to remind me. That doesn't work out too well. And to show you how forgetful I am, just recently I had uh, one of those days, you know, that you're, when you were young, your mom would scold you, you know, if your head wasn't attached, you'd forget your head. You know, one of those kind of days I had. A good friend of mine and I got together to, to do some fun things that we regularly used to do when we were younger and had more time on our hands. And so because of all the recent rain, bringing that great white stuff up in the mountains, we decided we'd plan a day where we would go skiing together. So when the day finally came for us to go, it was a, a bright and sunny, beautiful day. We got up early. We took off to the mountains, uh, Big Bear, and uh, drove up there. At the base of the mountain, we stopped at the local uh, ski rental place to pick up our ski equipment, and then off to the resort. It was great. Well, it wasn't too long before we were on the lift. I remembered a couple things I forgot, like uh, chapstick on a bright, sunny day. You definitely need chapstick. Sunscreen, I didn't have any sunscreen, so I got a nice burnt face. Uh, and then I forgot my cell phone, of all things. I mean, a couple of old guys out there skiing. I mean, those are important things to have, don't you think? But to uh, top off the day, to show you the epitome of forgetfulness, we had a great day of skiing and uh, didn't break any bones, <laughs> didn't pull any muscles. Great day. After we got done, we, we got in the in the truck, and we headed on home, we drove the hour and a half down, got to our home, and realized I still had the ski equipment that I rented from up there. 
oh, man, don't laugh. You do the same thing, don't you? Yeah. Oh, we are forgetful creatures, and it's no wonder that to not forget or to remember is the most repeated command given by God in the Bible. From choosing the nation of Israel to the birth and the building up of the church, God is constantly, through the Bible, commanding his people to not forget, to remember, repeated over and over and over again. But of course, the things that God commands us to not forget and to remember have much more serious long-term consequences than just having a sunburned face and chapped lips and taking another hour and a half drive back up the mountain to return ski equipment. Much more consequences long-term, like living a life defenseless rather than protected, or with weakness rather than strength, or living life as a fool rather than with wisdom, or the ultimate consequence, death rather than with life. To give you just a, a glimpse as to these commands that, that God gives to the nation of Israel throughout his Bible, I, I just want to share just a fraction of those. And I'm going to be saying these. You don't have to look in your Bible or anything. I'm just going to be saying these as in the first person as, as if God is saying them, because many times he's saying them through the prophet. So here we go. Remember what I did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt through all my miraculous plagues. Remember the day when you went out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Do not forget what your eyes saw, my miraculous works. Do not forget my promises, which I made with you. Remember all my commandments. Remember all the ways I led you in the wilderness through the 40 years. Remember it was me who gave you power and wealth. And do not forget how you provoked me to wrath in the wilderness. God constantly reminding his people, Israel, to not forget his miracles, his works, his rescue, his commands, his leading, his wrath, and his promises. And these commands of remembrance to Israel are repeated over and over and over again. And because we are such forgetful people, God continues his onslaught of commands to not forget and to remember to the church, as spoken through Jesus and the apostles. Here's just a taste of those. Jesus saying, do you not remember my miracle of how the five loaves fed 5,000? Remember when I spoke to you while you were still in Galilee before my crucifixion. The apostle Paul saying, remember Jesus' words that said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Remember me in everything and hold firmly to God's word just as I delivered it to you. Remember that you were once separated from Christ, excluded from the nation of Israel, stranger to the promise, having no hope without God in the world. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David according to the good news. The writer of Hebrews says, But remember your former days. Remember those who led you and spoke the word of God to you. Imitate their faith. And Jesus finally saying, Remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds that you did at first. So as God did for his people Israel, 
he also did for the church. Constantly reminding them to not forget his miracles, his works, his rescue, his commands, his leading, his wrath, and of course his promises. Every one of God's commands to not forget or to remember were always linked to obedience. It usually was a command to, to direct man to his need to be redeemed and thank God who was very active in providing redemption and everything good in life. But how do we remember? How do we remember all that God has told us to remember when we find it hard to remember our children's names? We're just that way. Well, hopefully you found Psalm 103 by now. So just follow along with me. Verses 1 through 5 in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So there's our, our study for today, verses 1 through 5. The book of Psalms is actually made up of 150 songs and poems written by various authors, half of them, nearly half of them, by King David. And this particular psalm is also written by King David. And these first five verses that David writes, he focuses on the grace and mercy of God that he personally received himself. And then following these five verses in the rest of Psalm 103, David focuses on the, the magnifying characteristics of God, how great he is. But today, for the purpose of our time and study, we're just going to look at these first five verses here that will help us on really the, the who and the why we should not forget that we should remember the things of God. So we're going to skip over verse 1 that I read first and go over to verse 2. We'll come back to verse 1, though. Here is verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. That part about don't forget about the benefits, that's probably one of the hardest things for me, just dealing with life, because I forget about all the good things that benefit me, because I, I leave them out of my life for a while. So when I leave them out of my life for a while, I forget the benefits. And then once you forget the benefits, you just never think about it. You kind of ignore it. Well, take exercise, right? Exercising, working out, or eating healthy. I have long periods of time in my life where I just I forget about those things. And I forget about the benefits of exercising, doing a nice workout, and just getting the blood flowing and feeling stronger where I don't have any pain as much in the joints because I'm just working out. Um, of course, I'm working out light. I'm not, you know, no heavy weights or anything like that. But then also with, with eating uh, healthy, long periods of time, I forget about the benefits of eating healthy. You know, the fact that I can carry a little bit less weight around, it's easier on the joints as well. And I don't have to go shopping. I hate shopping. You know, buy more clothes to fit over this larger body. Those are lots of benefits just when we talk about two things like that 
And it's true. We, we forget this, some of the great things that are good for us. And of course, when we do that, we lose out on the benefits. But as we see here in this verse, the word forget is not just a slip of the mind. Okay, It, it means to, to cease to care, to actually ignore to be unmindful of any memory or care or attention to something. To illustrate this kind of forgetfulness, let me just share with you a little story about when I was a young boy learning how to surf. I was in grade school. I lived near the beach. I loved the beach, and so I I wanted to learn how to surf. Naturally, when you are learning how to surf, you fall a lot. And when you fall... The wave always brings in your board to shore, and therefore you have to swim all the way into shore, grab your board, and then paddle back out. This is tough. And so over a period of time, I finally mastered getting up, and I mastered a skill to limit me falling off the board. And so as I was on the board riding a wave, and I get into a critical section where I thought I was going to fall, I would just kind of stoop down, grab the rail of the surfboard, and then just fall back into the wave holding the surfboard with my hand and between my body and taking the ride of my life with the wave taking me over the falls. Right? But it was worth it. I didn't have to swim in to get my surfboard. Well, a couple of years of this, this is my skill that I learned, they came out with a, the greatest invention ever. It's called a surf leash. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's a bungee cord like you tie it to the surfboard and you tie it to your ankle. So that when you fall, yeah, you just pull in your board and you never have to swim in. But I had developed this skill over a couple of years, and it was really hard for me to break that habit. So even though I had a surf leash on, I still did what I normally would do. And I'd pay the price as well, because I'd go over the falls, boom. And then, you know, a couple of guys would come up to me or my friends and they'd say, Chuck, why do you, why do, you do that? You got the surf leash. Just let the surf leash break. Oh, no. You know, I come up with some lame excuse like, oh, surf leashes make you weak. May make you sloppy. Ah, no. You let that rely on that thing too much. Well, unfortunately, we do the same thing with God, don't we? God has given us a lot of benefits to not forget so that we would rely on him instead of ourselves. Even as Christians, we put our our faith in God in his benefits, and we still forget and lose out on the benefits of the benefits. We're going to look at the rest of this text that I read earlier, and we're going to look at a few of the bedrock benefits here in 103. And so verse 3 Starts with, who pardons all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? So we look at here in regards to pardon all your sins or pardon all your iniquities. Man, that's a great benefit, don't you think? I think so. That's something that we should remember, something that would be mindful of, pay attention to, care about, don't you think? I'm surely everyone would want that benefit to... Have all your sins? And let me define all. All. Everything. Right? Every sin that you've done. 
the whole enchilada, any and each totality of every sin committed from birth to the grave. That's a great benefit. Well, let's move on. Healing all your diseases. Heals all your diseases. The word heal here speaks of a physician repairing or making thoroughly whole. To basically to mend you or stitch you up like a mortal wound. Whether it's, a, it's referring to whether a person, an individual person, or a whole nation. And this kind of healing is dependent on the, the previously mentioned of the forgiveness of sin in that same verse, or restored favor. So it means really that healing is referring to a spiritual healing of the heart. A disease that has struck us with an incurable affliction of sickness so severe, so serious, that it leads to death. Why would anyone forget about this, right? What a great benefit of healing. The problem why many do forget or ignore this benefit is because many don't see the need. Just as I didn't see the need to have a surf leash. You lose out on the benefit. You forfeit the benefit of forgiveness and healing of the heart. Or sometimes, as a Christian, we've actually put our belief in that benefit, that bedrock benefit, and we've even lived by it. But then we forget and lose out on the benefits that come with those benefits, the peace and the assurance and of the healing. Great benefits to remember God, all that he's done for us. As we move on in verse 4, let's look at another couple of benefits. Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. God redeems us. He buys us back from the pit, which is referring to the grave, death, of that mortal wound that he heals us with. That's what he redeems us from. To redeem, according to Jewish law, spoke of the law of kinship, or kinsman redeemer. A a brother bind back his dead brother's future family line who died and left his wife childless. The living brother then would buy all the property of his dead brother, marry his sister-in-law, and then give her child, a son, to carry on the family line. Basically raising his brother's family line back from the dead. The Jewish law of kinsman redeemer is a perfect picture of God of doing that through Christ for us. Our kinsman redeemer buying us back from the death of corruption and destruction of being separated from God and destined to an eternal place called hell. He does that by the Father sending the Son to earth and dying for our sins. Buying us back, our kinsman redeemer. And then he was buried and then rose three days later to prove that he is God in the flesh. Oh, what a, a great benefit that we see here. And the following benefit in verse 4, we are not to forget, is how God then from this point on, crowns us. He crowns us 
now being pardoned, now being healed, and now being redeemed, he gives us a crown of loving kindness and compassion. Crown really speaks of a seal of protection. A seal of protection like from a king. In the king, kingdom age, kings could do that. They were, the, they were the dictator, they were the full authority and of the kingdom, and they could put a seal of protection about anybody they wanted. They could even make them their child. And, and that's the picture we see here, the benefit of becoming a child of the king and to crown us with loving kindness and compassion. And it speaks of unmerited mercy and grace, becoming a new identity of the king, no longer of that old person, but now restored with new vigor and life. And the final benefit that we see in verse 5 that I read, it takes a, a partial switch from the spiritual realm, as we saw in verses 3 and 4 that we've been talking about, to the physical realm. Not only are we to remember what God has done in his benefits with forgiveness and healing and redeeming us and crowning us, but in addition, in verse 5, as we'll see here, he turns to the tangible things in life, but then he quickly turns back to the spiritual. For it's because of the spiritual that we then have the benefits of the physical. Look at verse 5 says, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. To satisfy. Here speaks of, of God giving us a physical provisions to sustain us once we are pardoned, once we have been healed and redeemed and crowned with loving kindness. But not just the food and drink that he gives us to give us strength and sustain our bodies in this world, it goes beyond that. It actually, ultimately, for the coming hope of eternity, living with the king and in his kingdom forever. Wow, what a great benefit. And it's described at the end there, verse 5, like a youth and an eagle. For those of you that are old like me, I mean, you think back when you were young, how much strength you had and how much endurance you had you could go forever wow that's a great example of what god is going to do for us for eternity we'll have that kind of vigor in our body we'll be young and then i love the example of a you know an eagle because eagles they soar effortlessly above the tree line seeing everything that's a great description and a great benefit that we'll have in the new kingdom with the king. Good things, when we think about in this particular verse, renew us like that. They produce something new in us. As we looked at in the pardon and uh, healed, redeemed, crowned, and then satisfied, if you could actually sum up all those benefits with two words, love and grace. Love and grace. We've often defined grace, and this is a great definition of grace, to show unmerited favor. That's true. But I recently read a, a description of what true grace is, and here it is. Love that goes upward is worship. And that's what we were doing today, right, when we're 
worshiping our Lord. We, our love for him was going upward is worship. Love going outward is affection, but love that stoops down is grace. In other words, grace is a superior, infinite person stooping down to give unconditional free gift to a destitute, inferior, finite person. That's grace. And that's what this bedrock of the benefits that God gives us, that gives us more benefits when we take advantage of those and believe in them. But David, our psalmist here, leaves no doubt from who these benefits come from. So let's skip back to verse 1. I, I skipped over temporarily. and go back to verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. David gives blessing to God with worship and adoration. When he says, O my soul, as we see in this particular verse, all that is within me, he is talking about worship that encompasses every part of himself, every part of him as a being, his heart, his mind, his whole body, his emotions, his passions, his desires, everything that makes him a, a living, breathing creature inside and out, he is pouring out before the Lord. He does that by blessing with pure adoration to his holy name. He is excited and happy and glory because of who he is, his holy name. For there is none like him. There is none who has his fame, his reputation, his character, his authority, his honor, and his glory. David is saying there is no one that matches his greatness. And he is the one that we need to remember. Because he gives us all the benefits. In order to do that, we have to remember and acknowledge him and know him and worship him who gives us those benefits. So we've looked at, the through these five verses, the who, God himself, the only one that can give us those benefits, and the why, those bedrock benefits uh, of being redeemed and brought back from the dead and being satisfied. However, even as adopted children, we forget, don't we? We forget the who and the why. Because we're so easily getting kind of lost in the forest of the world's circumstances. And then we try to take matters into our own hands. And so we somehow we forget about God and how great he is. That he can handle any situation. And that he has all these benefits that he's given us. And so we forget about all those things. And then we start complaining to God. And then we start turning to others. And we start turning to ourselves. And then we start to turn to other things to fulfill or satisfy us in our lives instead of the good things that God gives us. And because God knows that about us, we're forgetful people and that we, we need to remember these things, the why and the who and who he is. He not only does that, he also gives us the how. The how to remember him. 
And so we're just going to look at a couple of those before we close our study today. First one I have here is to set aside a day to celebrate God. It's in Exodus 12, 14. Let me just read this. Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Notice, this day, God gives this command. And he's speaking to the nation of Israel, and he's telling them, on this particular day, you are to celebrate the Passover. You've heard of that, right? The Passover the oldest and most important festival that's celebrated by Israel, honoring God's deliverance from slavery in Egypt. God miraculously delivered the chosen nation of Israel after 400 years of bondage in Egypt. And he did it so miraculously. Nothing on earth can match what God did for them. And God, knowing Israel's tendency to forget him and what he did for them, to get them out of slavery and bondage, God makes a day of celebration for his people to remember him by, his mighty works. For God says, set aside this day to remember me and all I did for you. Now, for you and me, this equates to days that we set aside, maybe each week, to to ponder and meditate and feast on God's word. The Bible is God's tool that he has given us in our latter days to know and to feast on, to celebrate and praise about him. And this Passover celebration was was only one day amongst many that God had commanded the nation of Israel to remember. One day a week that we're here today, Sunday, the first day of the week, to remember God. It's a great day. I love Sundays. I love Sundays coming and worshiping God with you. But it's only one day. It's not enough. We need more to remember him because we're forgetful throughout the week. One day is not enough. We need to set aside a day upon day upon day upon day to remember how great God is in his faithfulness to his people. For me personally, I set aside the the early morning part of each day of my week to open up God's word and just remember him, to to feast on what his word says. And it never fails that when I do that, God shows me something to celebrate and praise him about that he has done for me. So number one way to, to know the why and who of God is this how. An action. Set aside a day to celebrate all God has done for you. There's another way to set aside a place to meet God. If you could turn your Bibles back to Joshua. Joshua, that's after the five books. uh, First five books of the Bible. Gorillas eat lunch, never dinner. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Yeah, Yeah, that's the way I remember it. Because I'm a forgetful person. So, right after Deuteronomy, Joshua chapter 4. And as you're turning there, uh, let, let me just set the scene here. It's after the 40 years. Moses has been leading the nation of Israel all the way through the wilderness for the last 40 years. 
The Lord takes Moses home. Now Joshua is the leader. And uh, they're getting ready to cross into the promised land. And they got to cross the flood stage river of the Jordan River. And so God develops a way for them to get across. So the, the priests take the Ark of the Covenant, which is a, a sign of the, that God is with them, represents his presence. And so they take this Ark of the Covenant. As soon as their feet touch the, the water on the bank on the east side, the water starts to heap up into a big wall until it's all dry. So the Ark of the Covenant and the priests, they go into the middle of that dry river, they stand right there while the rest of all Israel passes them by. And, the, and as soon as Israel passes them by, the, the priests then take and they go to the west side of the Jordan. And as soon as their feet hit that west bank, the heap waters come back down and the, the river flows again. And so, chapter 4 of Joshua, verses 1 right now. Now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men for the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you were lodged tonight. So basically it was during the time that the priests were in the middle of the river, that it was dry, and they were ordered to take 12 stones from that middle part of the river and bring it to the west side and set it up as a monument. Verse 6, let's skip over to verse 6. Let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean that they've piled up on the west bank of the Jordan River, Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. As you see, God says, with a stone monument to set aside a place to meet or to remember me by. And that is, it's a a, Twelve stones, a monument, a place that they, as they walk by, they can see and remember that monument, that place, and remember what God did for them as they cross the Jordan. It's a Passover celebration, as we talked about the first way, how to remember God. And then the monument of stones are, are the, really the two bookends of many, many ordinances that God commanded instructed the nation of Israel to remember him by. A day of celebration, to feast with God on what he's done, and a place to meet with God. Two tangible ways God establishes for us to remember the spiritual benefits that he's given us. But there's one more I want to share with you. One more way to remember or not forget about God. And that is to set aside the person of Jesus. Let me just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. And when he, speaking of Jesus, had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant 
in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Of course, this is the evening before Jesus goes to the cross. He's up there in that upper room, and he commands his apostles, his known church at that time, on how to remember him and his mighty works. The Lord's love meal, as we know it, communion service, we're going to be having one in a couple of weeks. And it's God's vivid memorial for what he has, he has done, for his people to remember him by, to remember him as his, our kinsman redeemer, the one who actually bought us back from the dead. Remember, the mortal wound of sin. This is obviously... As we read this in 1 Corinthians, it's an ordinance for the local church, for our church to gather together to remember uh, our Lord by, to his past and his present and his future work, justifying us and purifying us and glorifying us with our new bodies someday that will be in the kingdom with him. This is a, a great ordinance for a church to remember him by, but it's also a great command for us individually to remember him by. For, for you and me... As individuals who make up this church, that equates for us to set aside a time that we could actually be with the people who have the person of Jesus in them, residing in their hearts, our local church. So we set aside the person of Jesus when we, we come together like we did today for corporate worship, singing our praises to him and, and hearing more truth about him. And we set aside the person of Jesus when we are actively involved with our church by getting connected through small groups and studies and events. And we set aside the person of Jesus when we set aside the time to actually serve our church. Every one of us who have put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have Jesus living in us. And the local body church is the tool from which God has given us to serve and to remember him by and every time we're here and these doors are opened, we remember the person of Jesus. And that's why we have men and women small groups and Barnabas groups and studies, midweek studies and, and events out inside and outside this, these, these walls. So that we can remember him, bring us together. And that is why we have many ways to serve him as well. Children's ministries and setup crews and parking security and ushers and medical response teams and crisis response teams, Connection Central uh, volunteers. The list goes on and on. Worship, active involvement, and service of how to remember God and all the, his benefits. For me personally, being with you for the last 35 years, yeah, it's a long time, but it always produces a spirit of remembrance of the person of Jesus every time I'm with you. These three commands of, of God, to set aside a day to celebrate and praise God, to set aside a place to, to meet with God, and to set aside the person of Jesus to worship and praise him and thank him, they live on as instructions for us on how to remember God, who he is, the great one, and all his works and his benefits. Notice what is common to all three of these commands. They all require 
an action, an action of obedience. And with the action, God gives us something we can easily hold on to, something that's tangible, something that we can touch. I mean, it takes action to remember the things of our everyday life, right? We need lists, right? We've got to write down, get a piece of paper, write down a list. We need calendars to mark off on our calendars. We need alarm clocks. We need alerts on our cell phones. The list goes on and on. It takes action to remember those things each and every day, uh, just the general things of life. It's the same way spiritually, to remember the things of God. Obedience has always been the vehicle for remembering God. Just like this psalmist says in Psalm I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. That's how we remember God. That's how we remember all his benefits and who poured out those benefits, how great he is, the only one. It's with obedience to his command of remembrance to set aside a day to celebrate God, to set aside a place to meet with God, and to set aside his son to worship God. The how gets you to the who and the why. So if you're here today, and what I've just said raises some more questions as to actually why you would even want to remember God, let alone remember the benefits he's poured out, well, maybe you should ask yourself a question if you're wondering why you should even remember God. Here's the question. Do you believe God remembers you? That's the question. Do you believe that God remembers you? Wow, he has. He has remembered you by the Father sending the Son to planet Earth to live a perfect life, and then willingly go to the cross to die for your sins and mine, and then be buried three days later to be raised from the dead. He remembered us through all that because he knew what we were destined to without him taking action and remembering us. What I would like to do right now as we close is to give you an opportunity to maybe just Think about where you are personally in your walk with God and how you maybe remember him or maybe lack of remembrance of him. And so I'd like to ask if you could all just go to prayer with me. Close your eyes, bow your heads, and let's pray. Maybe this is a desire of your heart. Maybe this message of God's truth in regards to how he remembers us with so many benefits has pricked your heart to say, wow, I didn't realize what God had done for me. I do want to remember him and all he's done. And I want the benefits of what he's done for me at the cross and bringing me back as his kinsman redeemer. Well, if that is the desire of your heart, all you have to do is say, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner and I need you to rescue me. And you're rescued. God will do that. And the person of the Holy Spirit will come and reside in you and help you live that life so that you can remember the benefits and the things that God gives us. Ask God right now, Lord, I need you. Come into my heart 
And if you have done that, he has. And for those of us that maybe we accepted Jesus Christ and we remembered him a long time ago, and maybe we've gotten away from the, the benefits that follow the bedrock benefits, and we've, we've gotten away from all that. And then you could just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've gotten away from all that. I want to remember who you are and what you've done. I want to remember the benefits that you've done for me because of the, all the things you continue to do for me and sustain me. Thank you, Lord. Help me to remember you. Help me to be obedient to the call so I can remember who you are and all the benefits. Lord, we are so grateful that you've given us a, a place, a local body church, that we can come together and to open up your truth of your word, to hear the things that you teach us so that we can remember you. I pray for each and every one of us today, Lord, that you would help us as we leave here today, that you would bring to mind those things that maybe that we've been ignoring. Help us to be obedient to your call on how to remember you through every day of this week. Thank you, dear Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.